Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, so Matt, did you hear about the thieves who stole a calendar? No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, they they each got six months. (laughs) (laughs) And he's back. Yeah. Everybody and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> All right, everybody. Here we are again on a supposed dark week. Matt, how are you? How are you doing on this supposed dark week? I'm I'm good, man. I love it. I love dark. I love recording on a dark week. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I, just, <laughs> just, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. Well, you know, well, we're this, not supposed to record, but we are. Right. So there you go. Right, and uh, <laughs> you know, this is a uh, a scheduled dark week, so technically you wouldn't be getting an episode. But uh, Matt and I don't like you know being gone for too long so last week we were dark and had a uh had an off week so this week what we're going to do we're going to put out a bonus episode for you guys it's going to yeah. be similar to our patreon episode so you kind of get a taste of what that's like so we tell people we say this quite often that we're dark and you know some of you that are new to the show might not know what that means it it basically means this um our sponsors and 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 our host um we we are obligated to put out three shows a month Mm -hmm. okay and we take one week off and so that's our routine but every once in a while we get a month that has five weeks right okay so our obligation is by month so we are not obligated to record and publish a show for that fifth week. However, we don't like members of the graveyard to go without something for an extra week. Exactly. Hence, these type of episodes mm-hmm. that you know we call we call them bonus shows. You know, we just we do something fun. So you know, in the past we've we've uh, we, we've taken old old patreon episodes and put them out you know for everybody you know uh stuff like that so we we have a lot of fun with these um and uh you know it it's it's a little more relaxed you know it it may not be like a typical show it's not as long as a typical show but it's fun and you you don't have to wait two weeks to get a new uh a new graveyard tales exactly exactly (laughs) so and I, that was a good, uh, concise description of, of it. Um, cause it, Matt's a hundred percent correct. That's why we do it. Um, so this one will be a little bit shorter. Um, it won't be the full hour 
to hour and a half that we would normally do on a main episode, but we want to give you something here. So this has been a story that's fascinated me ever since I heard it many years ago. Um, And I love this encounter. So I wanted to talk about it here and then we can discuss it as we go, Matt, and uh, and discuss your thoughts on it at the end. Now, this is the encounter of Albert Ostman. And some of you know, when I say that name, you go, oh, yeah, I know that story. <laughs> um, some of you may not. Uh, so we're going to get into it here. Now, Albert, Albert Ostman was a Canadian prospector, and he lived from around 1893 to 1975. So he lived a good long life and uh, had a very adventurous life, apparently. Um, Now, in 1924, near the Toba Inlet in British Columbia, Albert Oseman wanted to take a little vacation. So he decided that he was going to go camping, which I enjoy camping so that, that, you know, I can feel him on that. Well, on his way to the Toba Inlet, he met an old Native American man who warned him about, quote, mountain giants who lived in the area, but Ostman wasn't buying into it. He's, you know, he's a grizzled old prospector and, you know, just didn't believe in that sort of stuff. Well, he'd never seen one. Right, exactly. why, Why would he think they exist? Exactly. Now, he picked a spot near the Toba Inlet and he set up camp. Well, the first few mornings he was there, he noticed that something had been into his camp rummaging around through his stuff during the night. So it started to get on his nerves that there was a a nuisance raccoon or possum or something coming into his camp every night and messing up his stuff, you know, throwing pots and pans around and getting into his knapsack and all that kind of stuff. So on the fourth night, he decided to do something about it. As he was preparing for bed, he shoved his knapsack down into the bottom of his sleeping bag and he grabbed his shotgun and he slid into a sleeping bag fully clothed. He intended on staying awake and just pretending to be asleep until the critter came back and then he would surprise it and shoot it. He'd be rid of the problem and he'd also have a meal or two. So mm-hmm. he figured, why not? You know, that's that's the best solution he could come up with. But Albert fell asleep. So I think we've all been there. You try to stay up and do something and then you end up falling asleep. You know, as a Mm -hmm. kid, you try to stay up and wait for Santa, but you know, you fall asleep and then ah crap. He visited while I was asleep, you know? (laughs) Well, Albert fell asleep and he had been asleep for a little while when all of a sudden he felt his sleeping bag being lifted up by the open end. Kind of like you'd pick up an open sack of potatoes You know, you grab the open end and close it with your fist Mm -hmm. and then you sling it up over your shoulder and he felt it being slung over the shoulder of something huge. Now, it felt to him like he was being carried by a giant human, you know, kind of tell that it's walking bipedally and it's I'm thrown over its back. Um, Now, he was carried in this state for somewhere between three to four hours. Um, Now, finally, he was dropped on the ground and he slowly crawled out of a sleeping bag to see where the hell he had been going, you know, um, what had been going on and just who had carried him this whole way. Now, when he looked up, he was staring at four large creatures covered from head to toe in brown hair. 
To him, it seemed to be a family of four. The dad of the group, um, the one he had suspected had carried him, was at least eight feet tall. Now, Oshman was quoted as saying this about the initial encounter. Quote, they look like a family, old man, old lady, and two young ones, a boy and a girl. The boy and the girl seemed to be scared of me. Well, the old lady did not seem too pleased about what the old man dragged home, but the old man was waving his arms and telling them all about what he had in mind, and then they all left, uh, you know, walked off and had their conversation elsewhere. So at that point is when I leave. Right, right. I was going to (laughs) say, when they turn their back, you run. That's right. Now, Ostman said the creatures never made a move to harm him, so he never felt the need to use the gun that he had shoved down into his sleeping bag. But while in captivity, Ostman was fed, quote, sweet-tasting grass, uh, which was washed, stacked, and given to him by the adult female Sasquatch. Now, he said the whole time he was there, the creatures spoke to each other in grunts and monosyllabic sounds, so they obviously had a language of some sorts. And you and I have talked about that before in things where it's proposed and hypothesized that Bigfoot do communicate with each other in that way. Now, Ostman said while stuck there, he tried to befriend the young male Sasquatch by giving him treats from the knapsack so that he could get the larger male interested in the snuff that he had in his bag. His plan was to get the large male to eat the whole can and either kill him or distract him long enough to get away. Ostman also apparently um, thought briefly about trying to take the young female Sasquatch with him when he escaped but he decided not to in the end. He said, quote, but what good would that have done? I would have to keep her in a cage for public display. I don't think we have any right to force other uh, force our way of life on other people, and I don't think they would like it. The noise and racket in the modern city, they would not like any more than I do, end quote. So, yeah, so, I mean, you know, he had a conscience. Right. You know, hey, look, I, I realize that I'm not going to have any evidence that this happened at all unless I kidnap this young female. But that's a pretty crappy thing to do. Right. Right. So I'm not going to do it. And in a way, I'm glad he didn't. You know, yeah. in one way, it would have been nice to have that evidence, like you said. But in another way, don't do that to, you know, a, a humanoid creature. That's wrong. I got a feeling that if he had tried, he would have probably failed. Yeah. And, you know, an an, an angry eight-foot creature, especially if you had just taken, you know, one of their children, um, is probably not going to be very forgiving when they eventually catch up to you. Right. But kind of on that note... um, it did seem to him, though, that the dad squatch, and I came up with that term, dad squatch. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet that's on a T-shirt somewhere. <laughs> it probably is, but I, I will I will plead ignorance because I haven't seen it. So dad squatch just came in my head when I was uh, typing this up. But it did seem to him, though, that the dad squatch was trying to set him up with his daughter. 
he said for breeding purposes, he was thinking. Um, oh. <laughs> so a little on the weird side there. It it just took a weird turn. Yeah. Can you imagine being stuck in an arranged marriage with a Sasquatch? No. No, I, I feel bad for Ashley being married to this Sasquatch. So, and she chose this. So, <laughs> yeah, I knew a guy in college, though. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, on the morning of about the sixth day, um, he was sitting around the fire that he had built uh, in the Sasquatch camp, quote unquote, um, and he was brewing coffee and getting stuff out of his knapsack. Well, the dad squatch seemed interested in what he was doing. So Oshman took out his snuff can and held it up, took a pinch of the snuff and put it in his mouth. He then held the can up, offering it to the dad squatch. Well, dad squatch dumped the entire can in his mouth and swallowed. Yeah. So he seemed to immediately regret this because he started holding his stomach and yelling loudly. Well, he then grabbed Oshman's coffee pot and chugged the scalding hot coffee, which only made matters worse. Yeah. So he screamed and took off running, and Oshman figured he was running to try to find water. Um, and he ended up being followed by his whole family, not knowing what was wrong with him. They were following him to try to figure out what was wrong. So Oshman took this moment to escape. He grabbed his knapsack and gun and took off running. Now... After escaping, Oshman eventually found some loggers, but he didn't tell them anything about the Sasquatch. Quote, I told them I was a prospector and was lost. I did not like to tell them I had been kidnapped by a Sasquatch, as if I had told them, they would probably have said he is crazy too, end quote. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Ostman kept his experience to himself for decades out of fear of ridicule. Um, he had never intended to tell anyone. But in 1957, he had been seeing a lot of reports from others about sightings and experiences with Sasquatch, so he decided finally to come forward. So he told his story to a local newspaper, and as one would expect, he and his story have been subjected to scrutiny ever since. So, Matt, let's scrutinize him and his story now. <laughs> All right. Um, you'll find some of the details of his time with the Sasquatches and his escape to be slightly different depending on where you read the encounter. But I, I tried to compile as many versions of it into this story. So, Matt, scrutinize away. It's, been, it's happening for years anyway, so let's scrutinize his story. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, Osman's story to to Bigfoot uh, believers is it, it's it's one of those that just really fuels your fire. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that not not only would would uh, would Sasquatch exist, but it exist with you know a a family orientation, right? That there and and with with a language that it's not just a, a wild creature that there's there's a hierarchy that you know there's a, a a family unit with with parents and children and and it just it 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 makes all of these people that have you know pondered on the the small pieces of of what they call evidence 
that this is how these creatures would would behave. Right. And and his story is just so it's so fantastic. You know that they didn't harm him that they you know they wanted to have this interaction with him. They were very curious, you know, about, you know, perhaps what he was um and and his practices. I thought it was interesting that in the story where it talks about him the uh, them taking his coffee pot and drinking the scalding hot liquid mm-hmm. that they they would have actually allowed and and watched him brew coffee. Right. Right. So this would have this would have required them to have have either had fire themselves or watched him make a fire. Yeah, and not get freaked out by it. Exactly. So you know, you can you can go either way, but you know, you would think that uh, you know, a, a, a wild creature unfamiliar with fire would have would have panicked. Sure. Yep. Certainly wouldn't have allowed it to continue long enough for him to brew coffee. Mm-hmm. So, and I would imagine some people will take that as uh, this part of it is too outlandish. You know, that this, this probably would have not happened that, uh, you know, a creature such as a Sasquatch w- wouldn't have given him, especially if they were keeping him captive, wouldn't have given him access to fire, even if they knew what it was, or certainly wouldn't have allowed him to just sit there and and go about his his own business and build one, right? W- without being more curious of the fire. And then obviously they saw him drink the coffee because if he if he uh, if a Bigfoot grabbed the coffee pot to drink it, thinking that was going to help uh, his upset stomach from eating an entire can of snuff you know they they already they already were aware that what he was doing was drinkable right right you know if if this if this thing can drink it so can we you know maybe not necessarily understanding that it would be hot Mm -hmm. um you know what which kind of makes me think okay they 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 didn't have fire they didn't necessarily you know cook their food you know, yeah. but they were willing to to allow this to happen, maybe out of simple curiosity. Well, you know, I was going to say, what is at, he doing at, at that point? Then you kind of have to think, okay, maybe may, they don't have fire; they don't know how to harness fire, um, but they are intelligent enough to know that, uh, or to be curious about. Let, let's let this guy do his thing and see what he does. You know, let let's observe, allow him to do his thing, and and then they're learning as as he's doing it. So, you know, if we're taking this story as true, then either, like you said, either they used fire and and knew about it, or they just were in the observing mode and they wanted to see what he was going to do and everything. And, you know, maybe they would have just let him wander off. You know, maybe it could have been that thing where he just, I'm leaving now. 
you know, yeah. and they wouldn't have fought to keep him there, but he didn't try. Um, he, he didn't say that it was obvious that they wouldn't let him leave, you know, because they kind of just accepted him into their social circle. He was feeding, he, he was being fed grass mm-hmm. by the mom, the mom squatch, you know, the, mm-hmm. the son was hanging around and very curious about what he was doing. And so it seemed like they had just kind of, you know, picked him up, dropped him into their thing and said, okay, let's see what he does. He can watch us and, you know, cohabitate. So I don't, I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying about the, you know, that, that is a point that you have to look at and go, mm, I, I don't know, because if they had no idea about fire and, and they weren't super intelligent enough to say, Hey, let, let me be observant of what he's doing. And I'm not going to freak out because he's doing it and he must know what he's doing. You know, yeah. if they were wild, feral type creatures, they probably would have freaked out and either ran from the fire or done what they do if there's a forest fire and they try to put it out, you know, yeah. in some way. So I, I don't know. I, I get it. Yeah, but you know, and and going back to the beginning of the story, this uh, the abduction happened on night number four, right? But his camp was invaded the three nights prior, so. Right. That possibly means that he was being observed prior to this. I would assume so, yeah. And and would have had a campfire, you know, would have made coffee, would have cooked. Um, so there's a good chance that the dad squatch witnessed all of that mm-hmm. and and made the, you know, inference that this was normal behavior. Yep. And to see him do it after he brought them. You know, perhaps that was exactly what he intended. Yeah. Yep. Dad Squatch witnesses this for three days. The man goes to sleep. You know, Sasquatch comes in, starts pilfering around. What does this guy got? You know, what is this? What is he eating here? Mm-hmm. What is, you know, makes a mess of the camp. You know, uh, but then eventually says, well, if he's doing it here, maybe he'll do it for the rest of my family. Yeah. And so when I go back, same way, you know, I'm I'm going to take him. Yeah. So he can show them. Look 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 at this. You know, look watch watch this person. What yeah. what's this creature that maybe I've seen before but have shied away from or that I we want to understand. He doesn't seem violent or threatening, you know, and plus I'm 8 feet tall. Yeah. So you know, well, I could obviously overtake him if I wanted to. Yeah. And like Ostman said, you know, he thought about taking the daughter Squatch with him mm-hmm. um, as showing off this creature. What if that's what the dad Squatch was doing? He's like, look, my family's never going to believe that I ran into a human and observed a human for three nights. So, yeah, exactly. You know, I've got to take <laughs> him back and prove to them. That, you know, and maybe uh, he said in his story that as Dad Squatch was telling it to the wife who wasn't very pleased about having the human there, he was wildly gesturing and stuff. Maybe it was a no, honey, look, I watched him build a fire. I promise you <laughs> this is going to be cool. Just yeah. just just watch him. Let him stay. If it doesn't work out, I'll kill him. It'll be fine. Nobody will miss him. <laughs> But just let's watch him for a while, you know. You ever done to bring something home and you got to convince your wife of the no? It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I'll take care of it. 
this sounds like the conversation I had with Amanda about letting uh, Brooks get a bearded dragon. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fine. Yep. He's plenty old enough to take care of it and feed it and make sure. Right. You know, it's oh, going to okay. be fine. It's not going to get that big. Yeah. If, if feet, anything happens. Later. <laughs> right. If anything happens, I'll deal with it. You don't have to worry about it. And maybe maybe that's what it was, you know. I would have loved to have known what uh, Dad Squatch had been saying there because I, I feel like it would be hilarious. Uh, what well, you know? What if old Mama Squatch was like another one? You know? Oh why yeah, do you that's keep true. Bringing these things here. Yeah. It's the fourth <laughs> one this month that you've done this to. You either kill them or they escape. Forward with this story. So, <laughs> right. True. You know. Well, he must have squished them then. I mean, that's right. They they eventually acted up and became dinner. Yeah, exactly. And that's why he wasn't scared of fire is because he had cooked a human over fire before. You know, they built the fire and then he cooked them over it. I don't know. Um, But yeah, this is a story that I have been fascinated with for so long uh, just because you you don't hear stories like this. You know, this is. One of the few, if the only story, it's the only story I know of that uh, somebody was abducted and held captive by Sasquatch for six days. Yeah. You know, you hear encounters and maybe they'll meet up with the Bigfoot and share things and and all that. But, you know, you don't hear modern within the last hundred years, modern stories of people being abducted by Bigfoot. There's stories of you know, wild men coming into settlers camps and, and taking a child and then the child grows up as a wild man kind of thing. You know, yeah. we, we run across those stories, but not one in this nature where he's out camping, he gets abducted and everything's fine. And then he just leaves and, and goes on about his life. It's the only one I know of like that. Yeah. And you know, when, if, if this had been me, when I encountered the loggers, I don't know that I would have been able to hold my tongue, whether they thought I was a lunatic or not. Yeah, sure. I would have just been like, you won't believe this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You'll never I believe it. Not I was crazy. abducted. I was abducted by a Sasquatch. They held me for six days. I, I finally fed them snuff and, and coffee and I got out of there and the guy's like, oh, no, we need to take him to the doctor. But you know what? I would think that if if anybody around that time would have had some experience with these creatures, it would have been the loggers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, even if they never actually saw one, they probably would have seen the evidence of one because Absolutely. they're out in the forest cutting down their habitat. Yep. You know, at some point in time, they're making enough noise to attract, you know, at least one. Mm hmm. And and if they if they didn't see it, they probably would have seen evidence that something had been there around, you know, their site where they were working. So True. those pro those would have probably been the guys that would have been the most receptive to this story. At least I think. Well, yeah, and I mean, there are stories from um, the the fifties, sixties, seventies of loggers in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. that said they have had experiences with Sasquatch, that they come in the next morning and around their equipment, they see big footprints all around their equipment. Yeah. Some of them have said they've, they've seen one lurking in the background while they're doing their work. 
So you're absolutely right. A logger would be one of the ones that would see it. And so he could have probably told them that. And they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, we know Frank. Frank's always <laughs> overlooking at what we do. And, you know, he's cool. His wife's a little mean. His kids are yeah. kind of dumb, but he's cool, you know. <laughs> so maybe it, it would have been a whole different story if he'd have just told the loggers. Yeah, we may have we may have had this story, uh, you know, much earlier than than we do. And and I mean, it it it, it go it, it's fine. I mean, he he had a reason for not sharing the story and then he held on to it for a long time. Um, I would think that this is a story that you tell your kids and your grandkids about. Oh, yeah. You know, so that, you know, they would have grown up with the knowledge of this, even if you didn't share it publicly. Right. You know, but, if, you know, if you're Osman and you start seeing stories coming out where people are coming forward describing exactly the same type of creature that you interacted with years ago, then maybe you thought, okay, well, it's time. It's yep. time to share this story. Yeah. The you you see it and people are, you know, thirty years later, you're finally getting some validation for it. And you're like, okay, all right. You know, plus at that age, he's probably so old, he's like, hey, I don't care if they think I'm crazy. You know, what what do I have to lose now? That's true, so, you know. But that's all I got. And uh, I thought this was a interesting story and wanted to share it. So I hope everybody enjoyed it and I hope you enjoyed it, Matt. Hey, I did. It it, it is a it is a fantastic story, even even if uh we kind of pick it apart, but um but it's fun and like I said, it's one of those stories that just fuels the Bigfoot fire. Oh you know, yeah. That, that keeps keeps people interested, keeps people coming out you know, and, and looking for footprints and broken limbs and things like that. Um, you know, I, 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 Bigfoot's one of my favorite. You oh know, yeah. I, I just, I, I love the idea that, uh, that this creature may exist in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if, if, if you haven't already go and listen to our episode about Bigfoot, you know, that was it was a long it, time it is, ago. It was a long time ago, but it it was a great show. Um, we really touch on a lot of aspects of uh, of what Bigfoot could be, um, you know, how it came to be, and a, and a lot of experiences people have had. Um, I, we 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 did not talk about this story. <laughs> no, no. Um, but um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. So if big Bigfoot's your deal, and you hadn't found that one yet, go back and. Go back and check it out. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I think it's great. I mean, I really, really do. Yeah. And you know how I feel about Bigfoot. Bigfoot is Bigfoot is a, 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 almost an obsession of mine. Uh, bipedal hominids in general. Uh, Bigfoot just being the one that's uh, the, the story has been around for so long, um, including dogmen and stuff like that into the bipedal hominids. But uh, Bigfoot. Is it's just that thing that I, I have been fascinated with for so many years, and I continue to be. And the more research I do on it, and the more stories I hear about it, the more fascinated I get. You know, and it doesn't quench the fire any to hear stories, or even to hear you know people try to debunk it or anything like that. It it just 
kind of fuels my fire. Well, we got to find re- uh, some evidence. We got to do some research and find some evidence. You know, that's yeah. all it does to me. So, yep. but thanks everybody for listening to this bonus. Um, we will be back next week with a full, full length, normal graveyard tales episode. So if, if you just hate this format that we just did, then just wait um, about a week. <laughs> we got more and, coming. Yeah, the normal one will will show up. Um, we, got, we got longer shows for you to hate. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so thank you guys, and uh, we'll talk to y'all again here in a week or so. 